Anyway, today we celebrate, celebrate Advent. And we take time to behold his hope together. Romans 15, 13. I want to read this to you. Romans uh, 15, 13 says, May the God of hope, I love that, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then a scripture we just heard in our Advent reading is Titus 2, 11 and 12. There we read, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to, and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and I like that, how it phrases it in the uh, contemporary English version. Verse 13 of that scripture says, we are filled with hope as we wait for the glorious return of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love that, eh? We are filled with hope. You know, as I was preparing uh, for today, I, I was doing some reading and I came across some uh, articles, uh, articles with a perspective on hope. And it made me wonder as I read these uh, articles, it made me wonder if, is this reflective of what's going on inside of, uh, inside of uh, so many people today. And here's what I read uh, in, in, in one of the articles, and it actually sums up about three or four articles that I read. And it starts off, the one article starts off like this. Hope seems impossible. That's what you want to read, for, right? Hope seems impossible. It goes on, when all that surrounds us are ingredients for hopelessness. Uh, this was in a Christian magazine, by the way. We all live in these times of despair. Each of us, both personally and collectively, live in a world and in a space wherein seemingly, seeming hopeless And it leads us to despair. And then the article concluded, God, would you please come and do something? I just, I went, wow. The article just oozed with hopelessness. God, would you come and do something? And after that, I, I, I turned to a, a devotional I love to read at this time of year. It's uh, in his uh, 1942 devotional, Abundant Living. That devotional was written during a time of war. And E. Stanley Jones, a Methodist doctor and a missionary to India, and you can imagine what he experienced in India, gives a bit of a different perspective when he writes. And I love this. The early Christians did not say in dismay, look what the world has come to. Oh no, look what the world has come to. But in delight, look what has come into the world. They saw not merely, as he writes, they saw not merely the ruin, but the resource for the reconstruction of that ruin. They saw not merely that sin did abound, but that grace did much more abound. And on the insurance, and on that assurance, the pivot of history swung from blank despair, loss of moral nerve, and fatalism to faith and confidence 
that at last sin had met its match. That's so good, eh? It's not, oh no, what has the world come to? But it's, look, what has come into the world. You know what? I was thinking about that article and I realized, God has already done something. God has already done something. There's a line in the, the Christmas carol, O Holy Night, that reads, The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And then the chorus rises with the words, O night, O night, when Christ was born. You know, our world, it may be a little bit weary, but we have the thrill of hope. We have the thrill of hope because the, the hope I'm talking about is a hope that is anchored in God's promise. Amen? You know, because of uh, Satan's deception and the disobedience of Adam and Eve, sin and death came into the world and it affected the entire human race. Sin separated humanity from God leaving everyone without hope, without God in this world. But God, but God, the God of hope, he made a promise. And the first time we see that promise is in Genesis 3, verse 15. From Eve, from her descendants, would come a deliverer who would utterly crush Satan, breaking forever the curse of sin and death. And it was that hope that the prophets held on to. It was that hope the prophets held on to. It was that hope that, 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 that God prophesied, gave, gave to the prophets to prophesy from Bethlehem would come, from a virgin would be born. It was that hope that the prophets held on to, looking forward to the day this Messiah, the Redeemer, would come. Let's fast forward a little bit from Genesis and we'll go to the time of Isaiah. And the people were under siege by the Assyrians. And they had lost hope. They had abandoned faith. They had turned away. They had completely lost hope. And Isaiah writes, they look and see only darkness. See only darkness. Terrible trouble and deep anguish. Terrible trouble, only darkness, and deep anguish. Does that describe some of what's in the hearts of people today? I just wonder. Hope seemed impossible when all that surrounds us are the ingredients for hopelessness. The people needed a word. They needed a word of hope. And so the God of hope released a prophetic word that comes through Isaiah, an announcement that would forever alter the lives of people as never before. And it would give people hope. Hope that made the future something to look forward to. Something to experience. And here's what the word was. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of, of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called what? Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. And of his government, there will be no end. He will reign on, the thro on David's throne 
and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness forever. Oh, somebody should shout hallelujah. Oh, that's good. Two hallelujahs. (laughs) Can we go for it? No. (laughs) Behold his hope. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, the Savior of the world. As the angel said, his name shall be called Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. The promise of God fulfilled. Hopelessness gives way to hope, because hope is anchored in God's promise. Amen? Hope rests in his presence. You know, Isaiah prophesied, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. And in Matthew 1, verse 23, the angel told Joseph, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Man, let that, think, let that sink in for a minute. God with us. God with us. He stepped out of heaven and became like us. He is Emmanuel. God with us in our nature. He became flesh and lived with us. So he understands everything we face. You know why? Because he faced it himself. We have a a sensitive high priest, the writer of Hebrews says. He understands every weakness. He, ever, he understands every single challenge each one of us face. You know, what is it that you're facing this morning? Fill in the blank. What is it? He understands. He understands what you're facing today. He understands what I'm facing today. Why? Because he faced it himself. But here's the good news. He was not overcome by it. Rather, he overcame. He did not sin. He was, he was not overcome. The Bible says he faced it all, yet is without sin. That means he can show us the way through. Amen? He is the way through. He is able to bring each one of us through because he knows the way. Amen? He is Emmanuel, God with us in our nature. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as You trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Emmanuel, God with us, God with us in our sorrow. But he has taken our sorrow and he turns it to joy. Amen? He is Emmanuel, God with us in our anxiety. And he turns it to peace because he is the Prince of Peace. He is Emmanuel, God with us in our life work. He will never leave us or forsake us. He is our everlasting Father, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us in our punishment. Because the punishment for our sin was put upon him. Wow. He's God with us in our punishment. He came and he took my place. Everything I deserved was put on him. He became nothing 
so in him I could become something, a son of God, a child of the king. Emmanuel, God with us in our punishment, punishment for our sin was put on him. And I got this one from Charles Spurgeon. This is so good. He is Emmanuel, God with us in our grave because he is the resurrection and the life. And now we with him in resurrection, ascension, triumph. Amen. He is the resurrection and the life, filling us with with a hope that looks forward to his coming. Amen. We have hope that is anchored in the promise of God. We have hope, a hope that rests in his presence with us. Emmanuel, God with us, filling us with a hope that looks forward to his coming. Listen to what Paul wrote in, in, in the, uh, to the Thessalonians. And I'm going to read it because I can't say it any better than, than what Paul wrote here. And he writes, he says, We don't want you, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the word, Lord's own words, we tell you that we who are still alive, who, are, who are, are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord will himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, the voice of the archangel and with the triumphant call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first, hallelujah, the dead in Christ will rise first and after that we who are still alive will be and left will be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we encourage each other with these words, amen. We have something to look forward to. We have a hope that looks forward. Yeah, give the Lord an applause. Thank you, Jesus. You know, sometimes I think we forget. I think we forget. I think we forget the hope that God has given us through Jesus Christ. I think we forget the future that we have to look forward. But that's what Advent is about. It's about the waiting. But in the waiting, we are reminded of what's coming. We look forward to an advent yet to come. To be with Jesus forever. And he is coming again. How do I know? Because it's a hope that rests in his promise. He promised to send a redeemer. A redeemer came. And he promised to take us with him where he is. Amen? We have a hope that rests. We have a hope anchored in God's promise. We have a hope that rests in his presence, God with us. And we have a hope that looks forward to his coming. Amen? Amen. And so as we light the first Advent candle together, we are filled with hope that comes from God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are confident as we await his final coming. And I realize And I want you to hear this. And I realize that any area of my life for which I have no hope is under a lie. Amen? 
any area of my life for which I have no hope is under a lie. Thank you, Jesus. Our hope is anchored in God's promise. It rests in his presence and it looks forward to his coming. Amen. So I pray that the God who gives hope will fill you with joy and with peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Can we, can we end the service? I, 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 didn't, I, just, I didn't prepare the worship team for this. But can we end this service with, with, with a song? I like that one, Joy to the World. <laughs> but I'll let you pick the one that you're most comfortable with. But I want us to just sing. And, 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 and as we sing, um, oh, come let us adore him. That's the one. As, as we sing, oh, come let us adore him. I was thinking while we were seeing that, my, my, my heart was so taken. And I, I adore him in his majesty. Adore him in his humility that he came to be like us. Adore him in his victory. He broke the power of sin. Adore him in his majesty. He comes again to take us with him. But oh, come let us adore him and let hope, let hope arise in you once again. In those areas you're struggling with, I declare to you in Jesus' name, you are not with hope. He is Emmanuel, God with you in that place. And he is the strength. I need to prophesy to someone right now. I'm just feeling overwhelmed. Forgive me. But there are some people, I don't know if you're in the room or if you're listening online, but you're struggling right now. You're struggling with hopelessness. You're ready to, I just really feel a burden from the Lord. There's some people, two or three of you that are listening, that are just, just ready to give it up. And I declare to you, Jesus is reaching out to you. I declare he came to you, for you, to give you life. He is your hope. He is your peace. He is your strength. Give it to him. Give him that dark place. Give him that dark place. Someone has just, there's a person, someone just walked out on you. Oh God. And you're wondering if you can trust again. And the Lord says, I am Emmanuel, God with you. And I will never leave you or forsake you. And I invite you to come to me and hold on to me in this season. God loves you. You know who you are. God loves you. He is Emmanuel. He is with you. Turn to him. Turn to him right now. Give it to him. In Jesus' name. Sometimes it, it stuff just overwhelms. And I want us to sing together. Oh, come let us adore him. Here in the room and those of you online, let's stand together as we bring this service to its conclusion. And let's adore him and let the hope that comes from a living God fill you afresh by the power of his Holy Spirit.